and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you are joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. This week it's going to get real, because I'm just telling y'all something. I've been chewing on this thing for over a month, and I'm so excited. I tried to preach it the first two weeks, and I stopped myself. But basically the entire series, all the way back to January when we said we were going to put our yes on the table, this is going to describe for you why it's difficult to put your yes on the table. This is going to describe for you why that this life is so hard. This is going to help you understand why what we want to do, we don't do, and what we do, we don't want to do. Because Paul said it, so if that dude can say it and he can be honest enough, we can too in, in excuse me, Romans chapter 7. We all know that feeling. And this is the other thing we know, and y'all don't have to be like uptight, because I know this is church, but we try to be honest here so we can be real. And if nobody else will be, Leah and I will be. Because I love Leah, y'all. Truly, under God, she is the greatest thing that God has ever done for me. I, I don't understand. She is a gift. And at the same time, And I'm not taking anything away from what I meant every word that I said, but y'all, sometimes, I mean, I don't know if y'all know this, but sometimes that my beautiful wife that, I mean, you're absolutely stunning. I like looking at you. I could just preach to you because you look really good. Mm. I'm about to start singing right now. But do y'all know sometimes she has bad breath? We were at a marriage conference this week. It's about 7 o'clock, and I'm doing everything that I can do not to have stanky breath, and I always worry about it. And I had just talked to two of our people in their ear, and Leah said, I just want you to know you have bad breath. <laughs> I was like, it's 7. I needed to know this 7 a.m., not p.m. <laughs> well, I thought you'd want to know. So she thinks that I do too. It's just too late when you tell me. But, like, like it's, life is real. And we're real about stuff, and we face stuff. And even though we know the principle, sometimes we don't feel like living it out because what we feel like contradicts what the Bible says. But, y'all, this has revolutionized our marriage. This, this principle that I'm going to show you today has revolutionized our marriage because I believe if you know why you do something, you can at least start attacking it the right way. You know, I get frustrated sometimes when someone says you should stop doing that, and then they don't give me the why because I'm like, awesome, so just don't do it. But God gave us the why. We just got to look at it. We got to want to know it. And so I'm super excited because today the message is we get to choose if we're going to do it God's way or our way, mankind's way or God's way. So we're going to keep looking in Genesis I'm telling you, this is going to be fun. By the way, I think one of the reasons that I'm feeling so good, this has nothing to do with the message, but my ADD kicks in, so y'all just go with it, is because it's not raining. Somebody give God praise in this place. I see my brother Cliff out there who's a pastor, and he knows that on Sunday mornings, we may not have prayed all week, 
but we get in our prayer room on Sundays when we see the rain, try to pray the rain away because it just makes us sad. So I am giving God praise today. I didn't even have to put on worship music on the way. I was the worship music on the way to church. So Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 says, The serpent was more crafty than all the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. Now remember, the very last verse of chapter 2, they were naked and unashamed. You should leave your father and mother to become one flesh. God, God made Adam from the dust of the ground. Remember last week he was a dirt bag and then number two. None of y'all remember that? Then, then the second part was he pulled a rib out of Adam, made Eve, and you had all this stuff. And then we, we talked about the rivers and that, excuse me, and that's, that's the culture it's supposed to look like. Okay? So important. And then he told he told Adam and Eve, you can eat from, or he told Adam, you can eat from all these trees. Y'all got to remember all these, all the fruit on these trees. But what y'all, what I looked at the other day and I thought was so interesting is the word crafty. Because crafty is Leah, right? Mark is not crafty, right? If you need me to make something for you, I'm going to Lowe's and they're going to have to have it, right? Or, or Walmart. Because I'm not going to make you a craft. I guess Laney got a little bit of that from you, but I'm not real crafty. But that's not what crafty means. It means cunning is the actual word in the Hebrew. It actually means cunning. It's the ability to deceive without you knowing he's deceiving you. And so this is the picture of the enemy right here. By the way, even though he doesn't slither around like a snake that you can see, he's still very cunning and he tries to deceive you. But I think a lot of times we think of the pitchfork and the horns, and we think, if he's going to deceive me, I'm going to see it, but you're not going to see it. Because he's going to try to deceive you with what you can be deceived with, and this is often, oftentimes the issue with us. And so he made him more crafty than all the other beasts of the field, and he said to the woman, did God really say? Like, I know he might have, like, it might have sounded like it, but did God really say this? You should not eat of any tree in the garden? Like, this is so fascinating to me because God said you can eat from every tree but one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and, and so the only thing you could possibly entice is this little baby tree over here. But if you just leave it alone and do it God's way, it's all good, right? But, but did God really say, is it really that bad? Now, I, I, I know y'all are, y'all are spiritual, and so y'all don't want to talk to me, but y'all have never had this go through your mind, right? Is it really that bad? Y'all are allowed to be quiet. I know, I know it's awkward to admit that you sin because maybe you're the one that doesn't. But is it really that bad? If y'all think that that doesn't come from the enemy in your nature, well, that's not what I really think, but I just, <laughs> the devil's a liar. Well, we say it to ourselves all the time. And the woman said to the serpent, we can eat all these trees. It's all good. We can eat from any of these fruit. But God said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden because you'll surely die. And so, and the servant said to the woman, you you won't really die, like just a wink die, right? It's not, it's not that big of a deal. And we do this to ourselves all the time. Is it really going to be that big of a problem? Is it really going to be that big of a deal? You won't surely die. For God knows that when you eat of the trees, watch this, your eyes will be open. Your eyes will be open. Whenever I, I read the Bible, I'm, I'm, I read in English. I don't know if y'all know that because I know that's breathtaking. Y'all are getting revelation today that I read in English. <laughs> but whenever you read this, right, in English, you go, well, my eyes are open. right? I can see all of y'all. That's not what the word means. 
It means for the very first time they could see what they had never seen before. It, it, was, it was a revelation. But, but in, in, when, when you get revelation about what God's Word says, well, that's awesome. But when you get revelation about what you were never supposed to see, like I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about right here, but because I know y'all have never cussed before. But I remember the first time I said a bad word. <laughs> I, remember, I remember this, y'all. My mama said, where did you hear that? In other words, how were you exposed to that? Because I, I didn't expose you to that. And so what this was all about is new exposure. Exposure is how we learn stuff. Exposure is a good thing. This is not always a bad thing. Having your eyes open by the Holy Spirit is a wonderful thing. But having your eyes open to things that you were never supposed to be exposed to is why we go from childlike faith to no faith at all. Because now I've got a seed to believe, right? And so this was the danger right here. And he says, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, I'm here to tell y'all that knowing things is not a bad thing, that understanding is a powerful thing. But if you try to know before you go and God called you to something, it's a trap. It's a snare. And it's always the enemy's snare. Well, I, I, I know God said to do it, but if I don't have all of these things and I don't have all of this, and so Eve's like, well, if I can just figure it out for myself, then I don't really need God. But she would never say that because we don't say that either, do we? And so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight, everybody say delight. That's, that's really the wrong word. The word is pleasurable. And, and I'm going, I don't think this is messing with anybody's beliefs, but how many of y'all know that pleasure can be a really good thing? Amen. I mean, the Bible says that sex was made for pleasure. And sex inside of marriage, y'all can be quiet if you want to. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for that. The word is ahav in the Hebrew, A-H-A-V. The word ahava means erotic love. It's where we get the word erotic love for or pleasurable love. But when you rip out ahav or you rip out ahava and you make it separate from God's plan, you take something beautiful and you make it selfish. And anytime we take pleasure and we say, I have to go find it, the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, but then it leads to death. But God does not want you to be void of pleasure. He just wants you to fall under him to find it. Because I'm telling you, he did not make sex just for procreation. He made it for enjoyment. But we go and say, my eyes are open and I see what I want to see. I look at a woman as a piece of meat and not the gift of God that he made for me, not the helper, not the one that comes beside me and sustains and, fu and fulfills my life. That's how God made her to be with me. But whenever I look at her, I'm just going to hit that. I know that's uncomfortable to some of y'all. Because none of y'all have ever had that thought. But if you walk out these doors, that's what everybody's thinking. Because a woman's just a piece of meat. And it's because we've taken Ahava that God created beautifully to be tied in with his perfect love and to be part of the equation. We said, I'm just going to have my own equation because I don't want to do it God's way. And that's where it becomes a problem. So anytime you take delight in the Lord... He gives you the desires of your heart. But anytime you take the light out of the Lord, you get the desires of your heart. And if you go for the desires of your heart without God, I'm here to tell you, you may find it, but it ain't good.
I'm preaching good this morning. Come on, somebody. And that the tree was desired to make one wise. But wisdom always comes from the Holy Spirit. And anytime I try to find wisdom outside of him and say, well, I really don't need you for this, God. I find myself in a mess. And she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate. And then the eyes of them were both open. Watch this. This is so fascinating. Remember the last verse of chapter 2 says they were naked and unashamed. But this says, and they knew they were naked. So, so does this not imply that they didn't know they were naked and that's why they were unashamed? Because the word eyes open means that they had revealed for the first time. This is what the Bible actually implies. That for the first time, he saw the physical features and characteristics of his wife, but he had loved her unconditionally prior to this is what it appears. That, that he looked at what God looked at because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Amen. And I just asked myself, I asked Leah this when we were laying in bed, and I was telling her this. I said, this is the question that comes to my mind in this is, if you get mangled, in a car wreck, or you get into a fire, do I still love you or do I just love that you're hot? Because I'm thankful that I can see the outside now. In Jesus' name, I'm thankful for that. But if that's why I love her, then I missed the whole point. Because God did not make me to simply be attractional or attracted to my wife that way. That may be the first thing, and guys, let's be honest, that's how we are first attracted. We are Seeing is believing in Jesus' name with my wife. But what this implies is they did not know, and they were so drawn to each other because of the way God made man and woman to fit together perfectly. And for the very first time, it was like, oh. But do y'all notice this? It wasn't a good oh. It wasn't a ooh. It was a mm. Because immediately it says they sewed fig leaves together and made them for made themselves loincloths and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God, I could preach a whole message on just that right there because it's so cool. But I'm going to keep going. God walked with them every single day, but he can still walk with us. It's beautiful. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. My gosh, I got to preach a little bit right here. Do y'all know that when we walk by sight and not by faith, when we do it our way and not God's way, even if we don't know that we're doing it, we hide ourselves from the presence of God. Like we can go through the motions all we want. I don't care how many times you read through the Bible and how many times that you sing a worship song and you pray. When you find yourself in cycles that continue over and over, it's not because God made you worse than somebody else. We all have a sin nature, and I'm fixing to hit on that a lot. But the fact of the matter is, when I only function looking at what it looks like and not looking to him, because sometimes his way is contrary to what I can see, then I get really frustrated because I go, I don't get it, God. You're supposed to tell me these things. Well, he told us. We just don't have ears to hear. Or we've chosen to see with different kind of eyes than he wants us to see with. And whenever our eyes are opened in this way, it is, again, impossible to have the faith that God desired for us to have the childlike. And so look at this, because God knew everything that had happened. He said, the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? 
And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. Look at this. Who told you that? Like my mama. Y'all been there. Y'all been there before. Y'all heard your parents fighting growing up. You came and said, y'all go get a divorce. Who told you that? We've been there. And you can just picture being them in this scene because you have, you have unlimited access to God. And yet you're hiding yourself from him because you're embarrassed and ashamed. Because every time we listen to the enemy, you can do that. You don't have to worry about it. There may be a delight, but there's always a shame. And that's what it leads to. That's, that's the danger of it. I, have you eat, And then, then he asked the rhetorical question because he knew the answer. Have you eaten of that tree? The one thing. I, I gave you everything that I gave you was a yes, and then I put a boundary around this and said, don't do this. For your protection. And then this is, this is the part of the message or the verses that I find funny. Because what should have been the answer right here? Have you done this? Yep. That ain't what we say. Right? Testify, sunshine. That ain't what we say. The man said, no, Jesus, look. Look, okay? Let me explain myself. This is free, and I feel the power of the Lord when I'm about to say this. Don't nobody care about your excuses. Did you hear what I said? I know that your excuse is good and my excuse is not, but nobody cares why you did what you did. They just know you did it. So whenever we try to explain ourselves, the only person that we're trying to make feel better is us. Don't nobody care. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, don't nobody care. You got to say it just like that. Nobody cares. Don't nobody care. The woman who gave, who you, look, he blamed God. He didn't even blame Eve at first. This ain't even Eve's fault. It's your fault. You shouldn't even made her. The woman you gave me, like we've done that before, right? Leah gets me a motorcycle for Christmas. I've been begging for it. I need, I'm not complete without this motorcycle. Leah, give me this motorcycle. I wreck it. Well, you gave me the motorcycle. I wreck it. It's your fault. It's crazy. We're crazy in our brains, y'all. Well, you gave me the woman, and she gave me the fruit, and I ate it. What you want me to do? You've seen how powerful the woman's voice is. What you want me to do? Then the Lord said to the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, you're right, I did it. The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate it. And they played this little game that I like to call the blame game. The blame game. The Lord really convicted me with this week, this week with this, y'all, because this is what I think the danger of the blame game is. The blame game is something that all of us hate to be involved in, but all of us love to do. Are you with me? We don't like to get blamed, but let someone say something about me. Shoot. And see, here's the deal. It's not blame if I'm doing it. It's blame if you're doing it to me. Hey, y'all don't, don't have to talk. I can tell. I can look at y'all's faces and know that y'all y'all are embarrassed. Y'all don't want to talk to me today. Because this is what I learned. This is what God revealed in my heart this week. I had this situation in my life with some, very, some of my closest brothers in the whole world. And we, had, we were passionate about where God was moving us and what we were supposed to do. And, and we got frustrated. And, and, but this wasn't like a two-week frustration. This was a three, four-month probably, maybe even longer than that frustration. 
And here's what I noticed is in the midst of a conversation, I realized that we would have gone on a cross with this information because we were so convinced in our own hearts that we, one, did it from a pure motive, and two, we, more importantly, we were right. Because here's, here's the challenge with the blame game is, is whenever you know that you're right in your heart, if Jesus doesn't show up in human form, you ain't going to yield. Are y'all with me? Because if you're married in here, you ain't saying, I mean, you lying. Because we all do it. And, and I noticed this too. I noticed, I mean, maybe, maybe this is just me, but I don't think it is. Most of the time when it's something with us, I don't even remember what we were fighting about. I just know I'm supposed to win this fight. Huh? I know that Leah supposed to have almond milk. This is last night, so don't judge me. And I knew I got this one and this one and what happened. And I just started laughing out loud because I caught myself blaming her for something that ain't got nothing to do with her. She don't drink it. This is all on me. And I was like, pretend I didn't say that. (laughs) The blame game is one of Satan's greatest tools in any relationship. Listen to me, teenagers, in any relationship. You think about this. If your teacher's a jerk, and I know sometimes I was a teacher for several years, I could be a jerk. I had bad mornings. Like if your kids are going crazy, I'm just telling you, you're a teacher and you don't have a bad morning, I don't know. You're just better than me. (laughs) Right? But when we get home and we didn't do our work and it's because our teacher's a jerk. Because I'm going to tell you something, it don't matter. You still were responsible to do your work. And if your parents are not kind when you're young, sometimes that happens. My responsibility is not to make them kind, but to honor them. That's what the Bible says. So when I choose not to do it God's way because they didn't do their part, I'm playing the blame game. And here's what I've learned is I'm only responsible for Mark. So if Leah's having a bad week or if she's typically herself and she's having a steady as you go, praise God for that because she's even killed because the Lord knows the other side isn't. And, but no matter what she does, I'm responsible for doing my part to help her be what God's made her to be. It's not my job to look at her and say, you're not doing your part to make me what I'm supposed to be. You're supposed to do the role of a pastor's wife, Leah. You're supposed to do all. If I'm doing that, then I'm playing the blame game. Watch this for what I'm not. And I'm frustrated with what I'm not. And I'm taking it out on you every time. And y'all, this doesn't just fall into marriage. This falls, I was, I'm I'm telling y'all, it was falling into my life. And I was looking at it going, and I'm going to tell you where it's always rooted from. Because it's what God just dumped on me. It's always pride. Every single time. And by the way, that makes sense because the serpent fell from heaven because of pride. Because here's what pride is. Not one time, I I thought back this week, y'all, and I said, God, Show me one time that I blamed someone. I'm talking anything. I don't care how wrong they did me. Show me one time that I blamed someone that I thought of you before I blamed them. A lot of racking in my brain. Couldn't think of one. Because notice, I've never one time said that your life's been easy. And I've never one time said that you didn't have a right to be upset in some of the situations. I know some of y'all have been abused and neglected. 
And you got a right to be upset, y'all. What they did was not right. But when you blame them for your problems going forward, it means you don't believe Jesus is enough to rescue you from what you were in. And I'm telling y'all right now, our decision is to look at God and say, are you enough or do I have a scapegoat? This is all the blame game is. It's just a scapegoat. Just a scapegoat. I need some help. I need Travis, Kelsey, Joe, and Pally to come up on the stage. I pick beards because it's going it's going to be good. Well, you're the you're playing the role of of Eve. And unless my Bible's different than yours, Eve did not have a beard. Come on, somebody. All right. Pally, you're playing the role of God. <laughs> it's because all of y'all know that God is bald. Come on, somebody. All the bald men said, amen. We're going to let you be the husband, okay, and wife. So everybody say hi to Adam and Eve. Travis, this ain't nothing personal. You just got a hat and a beard. So Travis is earth. Everybody say hi, earth. E.T. No, okay. So here we go. When God designed the earth, people, the animals, Everything he did, he designed it to function as him at the top. Everybody say God. God first. Y'all can keep repeating if you want to. I didn't mean for that, but I liked it. So if God is first, it means that we look, listen to me because this is huge. We look to him in every single situation in our lives. Not sometimes, not half the time all the time. If I'm going to move, if I'm going to do, if I'm, I'm not talking about when you're at the traffic light and Google Maps says turn right, go ahead and turn right. You don't have to ask the Lord. He's already told you. <laughs> but I'm talking about anything that we do. Anytime this comes into play, if I would do it God's way, functioning as I and as the head of my household, what did God say? What does the word of God say? And then what, God, what did God download into me? Does it, does it parallel or does it go again? Is this what he has said? God is always the authority. It doesn't matter if you believe that or not. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist, agnostic, or a follower of Jesus. God, it may, he is. He doesn't want to be. He is. And then God made man to function as the head of the household. Ephesians 5 that I'm going to show you says that we're the head of the home as Christ is the head of the church. I know we're in the middle of the feminist movement, but I've already told y'all in this series, if y'all don't like political correctness, this might be a good series for y'all. And if you do like political correctness, I don't know, it's going to be tough. But this has nothing to do with making a woman lesser. Because verse 21 of Ephesians 5 says, submit to each other one to another out of reverence for Christ. And then if we really get the picture of what God calls the husband to do, he says, lay your life down as he did for us, the bride of Jesus Christ. So we're going to hit this more in Man Week and Woman Week, which are the next two weeks. But I'm just telling you, this is easy to fall under if he's leading by serving first. This one's easy to fall under if he's loving like this one loved me. This one's hard to fall under as he operates today by leaving by being absent, 
We're going to get there in a second. I'm messing this thing up. And then you got Eve. Everybody say hi, Eve. You can kind of stand to the side if you want to see everybody. So it's good. And, and you can't stress enough the importance of this role because God made us to walk together. To, together. Everybody say together. God made us to function like this. But the specific function in the home is head and as the bride of Christ, that's us, is to the church. He called me brother and friend. I call him Lord. You do not have to call your husband Lord, so do not go home and say that I said that. <laughs> but if we want to function like God called us to do, this is it. And then the earth follows us. We don't follow the earth. That is good, but y'all will get in a second because I don't think it makes sense to some of y'all right now. But watch this. After these verses in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, because you've decided to sin, you will now work for the earth the rest of your life. You will do whatever you got to do to get what you got to get. Instead of eating from all the trees, you got to work for all the trees. So now you're falling under the earth. And guess what? She's supposed to be under you, but her desire under the curse will be to rule over you. So we reverse roles. And then maybe, just maybe, if you think about it long enough, y'all going to move over, Pally ain't got room. Come this way. Maybe, just maybe, we might add God to the equation so we let God fall in the back. Watch. God is her fault. God is his fault. Come save us. And so we try to bring God beside us. We're cool with that part, right? God, where you been? This isn't even, I'm not trying to be funny in this moment, but listen to me carefully. I mean this with the passion of my heart. We must stop. This is not stinking political, so don't you leave here and believe this is political one ounce. God, what happened in Florida this week was disgusting. My heart is broken. I cannot imagine. But if you think governing this changes this and gets him involved <laughs> beachfront property in Nebraska everybody Amen. I don't care if you love guns or you want gun control I don't care I don't care I don't care if women equal pay they should be equally paid but I don't care what you think on any of those things if we keep being led by this and we keep letting him just come to the side. But, oh, my goodness, we have in God we trust above the capital. So, praise God, he must be in charge. Lies. We're not even allowed to say God. Listen, this is what I found so fascinating. The word, from the word blame, you can understand the word judge. Now, everybody loves to quote Matthew 7, judge not lest ye be judged. Have no idea what that means. No idea. No idea. Because some things, the Bible says, will be known by our fruits. If you punch your wife in the face, I ain't judging you. But you beating your wife. Come on, somebody needs to talk to me. You kill somebody, you're a murderer. I ain't mad at you. I ain't judging you. But judgment means, listen, this is huge. This is huge. This is going to make sense. Judgment means to decide I govern, I control, I govern the world. I govern my world. It literally means I choose to govern. So here's why I blame. I choose to try to govern over you because I want to change your behavior. Not political on either side. I'm not taking a stand for either one of them. You can change the judgment of should we have guns or should we not. 
guess what? This stays the same. I, and I'm, I, I'm not saying there shouldn't be some more. I don't know. I, I, thank God I'm not the person that's making the decisions. I think we should have laws. But I think they should go along with his law. But can I tell y'all something? The reason that we have a society that we have today, my goodness, I'm going to preach real good for the next six minutes. Is because we are controlled by what this thinks of us. And man and woman fight against each other. And have y'all ever noticed this? No matter how burly and strong we are, and we might have won the battle, we might win a fight, but we tend to be passive when it comes to decision-making. Y'all ever prayed with a woman before? I'm talking about, it feels like it's raining when a woman's praying. Because since we are led by the ground, men, this is on us. We don't like to pray. That's, That's a woman's job to pray with my kids. Actually, the Bible says it's not. Now, I believe she can pray. I'm not saying a woman can't pray. But I'm saying it ought to be the daddy that's praying over them babies. It ought to be the man of the household that's praying. And when I step into my calling in Christ Jesus, and he is the head of me, I will lead the way he leads every time. But when I decide to just throw my hands up and say, this is too hard. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm frustrated. Then then this is what I do. I literally look at the curse and say, I never want to be that. And then I fall in line with what the curse tells me to be because I put God somewhere on the back burner that I can call on maybe when I need him, but I'm going to fill the role of following the earth because it is a pattern of generational curses in this society that we follow. This is what this means. And whenever I decide, well, I don't know how to do this. Y'all, everything starts making sense. Like everything, every struggle, everything. We are never going to be perfect, and we're never not going to, in our nature, fall this way. This has nothing to do with should a woman be president, y'all. This is the home. Everybody say home. home. This ain't got nothing. A woman should never lead. Where did you find that? I should be the head of my household, is what the Bible says. And listen, this is what's so cool. I can say this with freedom. I'm not mad at anybody because I don't know if y'all are mad or not. I can't tell by your face, so praise God. (laughs) If you hate what I'm saying today, it's because you believe the pattern of this world, not what God's word says. And that's not on me. That's on you then. So you can blame me for the problems of your home. You can blame me for the problems of your home, or you can say, God, I'm going to do this your way. I don't have to know what it looks like. Stay up here if y'all don't mind. But I'm going to do, and some of y'all have to see the screen. It says, y'all stay this way. Do not be conformed to this world. That literally means to the way that this tells me to do it, but be transformed. How do I do it? How do I do it? By the renewing of your mind. No matter how good your behavior is or how well you can talk to me, if your mindset doesn't change to his mindset, Because his ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. As higher the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways to mine. And so I look to God and I say, I don't understand all this, but I'm going to step into my purpose in Christ Jesus. I'm going to be transformed every day. Someone say every day. 
This is not salvation. This is not the moment you get saved. This is the moment that you step out of redundancy, saying this is controlling me. If the passion of your life is to get more or do more or be more, and not, God, what did you say for me to do? I'll do it because you already finished the work. So I'm looking to you at every moment. I'm looking to you every step of the way. I don't care if they believe I can do it. You said I did it, so I'm just going and doing it. And then, I'm not saying it's foolproof. But I'm saying I've never met someone that does it God's way and says, I'm not going for delight first. This is a hav without God. This is a hava without God. This is delight without him. I've never seen it, so, someone do it God's way. Listen to me. And look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, by throwing off what Roman, Roman, or Hebrews 12 says, throw off the sin and things that entangle us and fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, with a joy set forth and endured the cross, scorning the shame, sitting right at the guy. That was the auctioneer. <laughs> I've never seen someone do it God's way and their marriage fall apart. Not once in my life, ever. I've never seen a man of God in his home pray over his wife and kids and their home break apart. I've, I've never seen it. You might have seen it. Never. I've never seen it. And I've never seen someone that says, God, I don't have your love naturally, but because Christ is in me, 1 Corinthians 2 says, I have the mind of Christ now. So with having the mind of Christ, renew my mind that you put in me and not my carnal mind that wants to desire this above all, that by testing, you will be able to discern, meaning have wisdom from God, what is God's will for my life, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I hear people all the time, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, Pastor. I feel called to ministry. I feel called to this. Well, did God say it? Well, I don't know. What do you believe God's will is for my life, Pastor? Here's the cool thing. If God tells me, I'll tell you. But God said, right here. I know I'm pulling y'all around, but y'all are doing awesome. That if you'll do it my way, he'll tell you. Because the mind of Christ is in you, and it will be revealed to you by his wisdom, not by your own. So here's the question you got to answer. If you've been blaming lately, I'm not really asking you to answer this because you've already answered it. If you're ready to rip, the hair out of your husband or they're bald and you already did. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if the only thing you can think is what they're not doing for you, no matter what your relationship is, you got to decide whose way are you doing it. Because I'm going to tell you what sin boils down to. The word sin is an archery term that means to miss the target. To miss the bullseye. Can I show you what the bullseye is, Mike? Because listen, you can do, you can, listen to me, you could preach today and miss the mark. God is not impressed with me. God's not looking down and go, that's my boy. Actually, that's not true. God is looking down at me saying, that's my boy, but it ain't because I'm doing this. It's because I'm doing this. Because God is not... God, God is so much less concerned with your behavior than you believe he is. He's concerned with your mindset because he knows it will drive you to this. It's out of the overflow of this that you speak and that you move. This is the garden of your life. Controlled by what you believe. And if you decide, well, I got this, God. 
I don't know where you were. You let the curse. This ground is cursed is what the Bible says. If we work for this, we're silly. But my God, we can go take it if we do it his way. This ground is ours. We are standing on the ground that the Lord Jesus has given this. This is kingdom territory, everybody. This upstate of South Carolina is no longer the pattern of this world. We are going to see it transformed. Watch this, by the renewing of our minds because the spirit of God lives in us and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that is in us is gonna move across this upstate of South Carolina. And watch, it starts in your homes. It starts in your lives. It starts in your prayers with your family, with your friends, no longer saying it's their fault for the way I'm acting, but God, you change me and I will go out, and whatever you say, I will be patterned to what you do. I need to know, is there anybody in here that's with me that says, I'm tired of doing it this way. I'm tired of doing it this way. I'm ready to see it transformed by the renewing of my mind every single day. Come on, somebody, stand to your feet. Y'all were amazing. Thank you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm ready to do it God's way. Come on. Will y'all pray with me? God, I quoted Romans 12, 1 and 2. I would think over a thousand times, Lord. I've preached on it dozens of times. I don't think it ever really made sense to me. But today, God, we view your mercy and we offer ourselves living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to you. We choose to no longer be controlled by the curse that we fell under because one man sinned. But we choose to read Romans chapter 5 where the first Adam came and sinned, but the second Adam named Jesus who knew no sin became sin so that we could be the righteousness of God. We celebrate that you demonstrated your love for us that while we were all carnal sinners, while our minds were wretched, nasty, while every one of us, there's not a person in the room that does not have that sin in their life. God, we were all filthy. You made us have the opportunity to walk with you and put you in the first place where we can make you Lord because you loved us even when we were sinners and died for us. And so God, we just thank you. We just thank you. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wonder if anybody would in here would be honest enough to say, Pastor, I, I want to do it God's way. But in order for me to do that, for the very first time, I've got to say yes to Jesus. Ask him to forgive me of my sin and choose to follow him as first, as Lord. He promises you a home in heaven, but he'll bring heaven to earth through you as well. He doesn't just love you one time and die. He loves you every day. And I wonder if anybody would say, Pastor, I'm ready to follow Jesus. If that's you, just slip your hand up wherever you are. You can put it right back down when you're done. Just slip your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. Thank you, sir. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? That's me. You're talking straight to me. Praise the Lord. Sir, if you'll fill out your worship guide at the bottom part, and you'll check the box that says, I just followed Jesus. You can either turn it in on the way out the door or take it to our next steps desk in the foyer. And we have a gift for you if you'll take it there. The only thing we want to do is celebrate with you and help you learn what it means to follow Jesus.
We're going to sing such an awesome song right now. And I just want y'all to have the opportunity to just worship Jesus with whoever you're supposed to do this thing with, whether you have a spouse or friends, and just sing to the Lord right now. I'm going to stay on the stage, and we're going to close in just a minute, but I just want you to worship Jesus with us right now. Come on.